0: Welcome to the Everyday Sniper. You got Frank from Sniper's Hide here. Want to do a quick midweek catch-up. Super busy week. uh, Starting class for Mile High tomorrow. Uh, We have our August class for the Mile High Training Detachment. We're doing a basic precision rifle three-day over there. So I was out all morning setting the range up, painting targets, making sure I'm the paint slinger. Um, making sure that everything's already there, got the eval target all ready to go. So in the morning, fire up the computer, and we're ready to go. So it should be good. I'll be meeting Mike in, um, in then. So we'll knock out a podcast, I'm sure, over the weekend, talk with some of the students like we did, and we'll go back and forth. But um, one more Mile High class in October, and then I'll be coming out with the 20... 19 schedule uh which will be announced ahead of time for everybody. Uh everybody's asking about classes. I'm even getting some last-minute stuff, a lot of Canada, some foreign things going on. So there'll be a class in September up in Canada. But I, I want to talk about a bunch about the classes and the stuff happenings. I am gonna be at the Precision Rifle Expo in Georgia in September. That's being put on by Phil Cashin, MPA, Ryan Castle, and all those guys. I will be there doing a uh, little bit of media, and I'm also going to do uh, a, some like one-and-a-half-hour, one-hour training seminars. Kind of like come in, get your fundamentals looked at. We'll talk fundamentals, some live fire stuff. We'll have people's rifles on the line. But uh, it's a new thing they're working on, the Precision Rifle Expo. You can hop over on Facebook, and I think they have a website for it. But it's going to be in Blakely, Georgia, mid-September. And like I said, we'll be there. Sniper's High, part of it, talking training and talking the different things that uh, you know we've been mentioning throughout the year. Also, quick update, Alaska. We've already got 67-plus shooters signed up and committed for next year for Alaska. We usually cap out about 125 or so with the uh Commercial classes we do. We're doing an LE class up there and, and a couple other things that are going on. Um Alaska's a bucket list stop, man. If you want to take a great class, uh definitely look at it. And it, in the back-to-back PR one, PR2 class that we do uh, in July, it, it's filling up pretty quick. And so that's if you're coming from the lower 48, that would be the one I recommend. And that way you get a little more bang for your travel buck. But um These are filling up, and normally they're not quite filled and ready to go until about January, but here it is in August, and we're already halfway full, uh, just announcing it uh, to the local people up there on the Alaska Precision Rifle Facebook page. So if you're interested in taking one of the classes you've been hearing about, seeing, reading about, whatever the case may be, up in Alaska, Sheep Creek Lodge, Talkeetna, well, get a hold of Mark Taylor at Wiggy's Alaska, Wiggy's in Anchorage, and he can get you sorted out. I recommend, if you're thinking about it, to, to pull the trigger because it, it doesn't last long. Now, understand this. We don't do refunds and different stuff. You're buying a concert ticket, okay? So what, what I do with these classes is because you can have 10 people sign up and 8 not show up and then ask for a refund. So what we do is you're buying a ticket to a concert. If you can't go, well, it's your job to sell that ticket to the next guy versus us refunding people because there's there's expenses involved. We, we, we pay for the, the range. We deal with the lodge. Um, you know My travel and everything going up there, it's not cheap to fly up to Alaska as well as uh, the different things that we're doing. So uh, just understand if you do sign up and it's one of those things, well, oh, gee, I can't make it. Um, you know, understand that there there is restrictions on seating and that. And we do it just so we get a full class. You know what I mean? We we, we can sell the classes out. Like the October Mile High class has like a 10-person waiting list. You know what I mean? So it's not like we can't, if you, if we know we can't flip it, but we can't flip it a week before whatever the case may be. Most people usually don't say they're not coming until just before and then they're like hey do i get a refund it's like no you're like a week before and we're already doing stuff you know it, 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 and, and and that's the case also really quick i want to uh, i want to um just clear this up within the first 5 minutes here you know, i talked with john pinch today and and he's a great dude i've i talked with him twice now three times i guess would be if i came off in uh you know the 86th passion podcast I know the guy, he's in the right spot. He has, his passion is evident just by the fact he came up and confronted me on it, okay? which a lot of people don't do. And when I kind of give the blankets and the royal wheeze and the whole thing, and I'm generalizing, and I, and I admit I am, because I'm not calling out individuals, I'm generalizing it. It doesn't mean I'm talking about you. I, I mentioned John in the one thing because we did have that conversation but there was more context to the conversation, and I failed to establish that context correctly. As I said, that was my fourth take on it. I, I I went through several different versions, and you know, you think you did it in one version, you didn't do it in the other version, and so on. But uh, it, it, I just want to state that up front that I'm not sitting here thinking that John is this handout payout only. Now, he did express that it. it it does help him go to more matches and he does want to go to more matches and which is why. And him and I, you know, we had a, a bit of a conversation on the ride home from the range today. The, the cell service was screwed up today. I, he, can, he, he couldn't hear me, I can hear him. So it, it got interrupted like three times. but just, just so you know, we're talking. I'm talking with a lot of people. I had a lot of people reach out to me, from match directors to shooters. You know, I'm, I'm not going to get into it, but there, there's, there's a lot of buzz on this. And I think I'm going to talk to him about it. I, I, you know, I, John had suggested we do a podcast together and, and we, we give both sides. And, and absolutely, I'm all about it. Uh, you know, I'm not running away and backing from it. But I just wanted to let people know that, um, that you know, I, I, I didn't completely complete the context of what he said. And I didn't want to make it sound like my whole thing was about him. If you got that impression that I was talking about John, no, that's not what I was talking about. I was talking in general, big picture, some of it's historical, you know, the whole thing. I just want to clarify. And the same goes with Scott Satterley, too. We've had conversation back and forth, and and Scott kind of brought up. They felt I I threw John under the bus, and that was nowhere near my intention. So I, I want to clarify that. I want to make sure that I say listen, that, that, that wasn't the intention. It, it, it's, it's a podcast. It's me talking in general terms without saying, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. You're a jerk. I don't like you. Eh. You know, it's not that it's just there. The, if it resonates, it resonates. If it doesn't resonate, well, it doesn't involve you. And, and unless I specifically called you out, it, it I mean, it's not about you to that degree. Now, I may hit a nerve and, you know, I may strike a, a, a tone that kind of relates to something I've seen. But that's, like I said, I just want to make sure I, I clarify that. Um, there, there's, you know, it's it, there's a small level of agree to disagree going on, but at the same time, it, it's one of these things that why I present it the way I do is because it's not going to get fixed from the top down unless something dramatic happens. It has to get fixed from the bottom up, and which is why I kind of blanket it. And and yeah, there's a bit of a disservice to throwing everyone under that single blanket. Every guy's an individual. There, 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 there's, there's varying degrees. And, and at the end of the cast, I said, this is a 10% tie problem. You're not in that 10%. Well, I'm not talking to you other than to say that it needs to be fixed. And you know, the the the, the 10% moves. It maybe maybe zero in one match, 10 in another, 15 in another, two in another. You know what I mean? Don't take it as I'm talking to you unless you know, like I said, it kind of resonates. And then, well, maybe we need to be looking because it's a bit of a mirror. But no, I just want to just make sure I clarify that with John. And, and like I said, he's he, he straight up. The guy called me. Hey, man, I, I, I didn't appreciate it. And, and I listened to it a second time. I didn't get the same impression he did. But at the same time, I get where he saw it. And, and, you know, I mentioned his name three times in there. The last time I mentioned it at the end of the podcast to say he was correct, it, it puts a lot of eyes on what I do. And that's unfortunate in a lot of ways, but that's a fact of people like the drama about it. Then the second time was to say that Scott and John and I, when we spoke, we were in that 75 to 85% agreement. And we all kind of feel we're right around there. You know, we're not too far off. And then lastly, in the very beginning of it, I mentioned the payout part. And, and it was a part of our conversation, but it was not a main focus. And like I said, there was broader context. So by me not clarifying his context, it put him in a bad light. And I'm not looking to do that. I think he does have the, you know, what it takes to, to help change this and to move it to the next level. But you know, he, he, one person can't do it. He doesn't have that controls. He's a shooter. He's not part of the system you know, in that way. But anyway, I just wanted to clarify that and, and get over it. But I'm getting I mean I'm getting tons of requests, tons of emails, tons of phone calls. It's resonating with a lot of people and you know, I get it. It it's 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 something that that's grown big and 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 gotten a lot of public, publicity. And so it it's it's a topical kind of conversation. But that that wasn't my intention to make it look like I was throwing John under the bus and, and for that I apologize for not um, clarifying it better uh, on his part. You know, when it comes to his conversation and my conversation, I take every word him and I have said as a huge positive. You know, uh, because the only way this stuff gets fixed is through dialogue. You know, if if we post something on the internet, go through Twitter, Facebook, or whatever, it's it's never going to sort itself out, and we're always going to be talking against each other. A lot of the circular arguments, and there's still circular arguments we're talking, but um you, you know we we just we come at it from a different place, but you have to look at it as a factor of the where we are today and what we're working with today, so in the context on and then on top of the historical that I go back to, you know um and and you know anyway, I'm not going to go any further with that that's five minutes too many or whatever it is um that, that, that I'm done, but yeah, look forward, we'll we'll, we'll talk to it, I'm going to get him on the phone, and, and we'll try to do a whole hour with him and I going back and forth with it, and, and I think that'll be good for everybody, just to show the, the, a broader picture of where we're coming from, and not one line of a 45-minute conversation, regardless whether it's the one line he said in a 45 conversation we had, or a one line I said in a 45 conversation on the podcast, you're you're never gonna you know get the big picture. And 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 you know he he brings up a lot of great points, but you know at the same time, a, a lot of it goes back to what was done at Rifles Only. That set the tone. and, and, and just go back in history to how this began you know, call Jacob up and talk to him and get his opinion on it. Because I think you'll find, if you don't want to listen to me and, and all that, call these guys. Because these people are calling me, man. Match directors and shooters. So anyway, that that that's it with that. But back to the training. We're, we're teaching class. I, I put up the Austin Angus truing bars today. A couple more. I added three more to the range. So I have um, 200, 300, 400, 600, 800 right now for truing bars, um, which which is great. I, I, I'm I'm getting psyched putting them up. I have a couple more to put up, a couple more ipsix to throw up, but uh, we'll do that after this class. I, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to trying a few things a little bit different, getting guys out shooting a little sooner versus the classroom part. I really like the classroom part, but nothing beats practical application. And, and so... We can, you know, pick up the round count a little bit. We usually, I like to do a, about 80 to 100 quality rounds a day of precision rifle class. I, I think that's a good sweet spot for me in, in these. And, you know, with the three-day classes, it affords me a lot of opportunity. Normally, the first day is so much more classroom um, because, I, I mean, I got so many different PowerPoints from two-hour to four-hour to six-hour presentations and I have been doing the six hour, but then in Alaska we changed it to the four hour. And I, th- in Alaska a two day match or two day training. So, um, you know, we're we're gonna uh, we're gonna do this one. I'm gonna do tomorrow. I'm gonna do the four hour, and then if I have to, I could fill in some parts. But we'll, we'll do some some on the line classes. Mike's gonna be there. We'll do the wind stuff with everybody. We're supposed to have some pretty good winds coming up. Um, you know, 12 to 15 miles an hour in the afternoons on both Saturday and Sunday. Still going to be like 91 uh, degrees is what they're saying for a high, uh, but the winds will help with some of that. The other thing, oh my God, today, today was Rattlesnake Central. It's like, oh my man, every, uh, something just said to me. I, I pulled up to the gate, got out of the car and I was careful getting out of the car because last time I saw a rattlesnake out there it was right at the gate like right off my car door you know it was right there and I'm like dang so today I had that like "Uh." so I get up I kind of walk over and it's growing up we've had actually some weather out here we had some rain Our, our our whole kind of uh climate shifted normally this stuff happens like may june to mid june and then we have a big grow in sort of july that that grow is just starting now so there's like all these places for the snakes to hide and I get out I'm looking at it I go to the gate and I go to unlock it and I hear the rattle I'm like okay there's a rattle um he's probably about five feet six feet off the gate on the other side you know he's got the fence between me and him he don't want to move he's got about eight buttons on him and he's going to town and he's not a happy camper so, you know, had to deal with that. Then I'm painting targets and everything. And my 500 yard berm target had like one of the um, purple weed flowers. They're super thick, they're almost like an inch around at the base, and they grow really big. And it's this a uh, lot of bees and everything. And these flowers go. I go in my car, I get my machete uh, to knock some of this stuff down. I come out and I take a swipe at it. And what comes out? Another rattlesnake was underneath it. Didn't even know. I was like, how the heck did that thing hide in there? And another rattlesnake comes out, and, and he didn't have any buttons. His tail was all messed up, um, so no rattle. And, and, you know, you could see there was some mangle or some kind of something going on, unless it was just so young and he was doing the one button. But he was not super small um, rattlesnake-wise, but he wasn't big either. And, and so... um yeah, I had to deal with him right there, and, 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 you know, they're bold, man, they're in angry mode right now, so I was like, damn, another rattlesnake, so then going out, painting everything, setting up, move the cows off, they're out of there, which is great, don't have to deal with them, because they bend up everything, man, it sucks, every time you turn around, they're knocking over a T-post and bending them, breaking off the magneto speed stuff, Uh, (laughs) you find them light reacts everywhere, the uh, the T-1000s, they throw them all over the range, but, um, yeah, so we're, we'll, we'll, we'll deal with the class. Um, got that going on. And, and, you know, like I said, we'll make sure we, we, we do a cast uh, over the weekend for you guys to get that going. But I, I definitely wanted to knock this out. Um, you know, some, some other things happening. Uh, oh, Prime Ammo. Prime put a huge moving sale, they're moving a warehouse. And they're they're doing a revamp uh, with some stuff that's taken place between now and like September one. So Jim wrote a letter to the owner of Prime. Jim wrote a letter to the Snipers Hide members and offered up huge, huge, huge discounts on what they have that they don't want to move. And guys are eating it up. I mean, there was something like in the first four hours that I posted it yesterday on Snipers Hide, something like. 40 orders of like 150 cases of ammo went so it's first come first serve so if you want to get in on it we're talking like 44 dollars a box for their 338 19 for the 308 and i think even the 260 is like 1920 bucks there's no 65 they don't have enough it's it's out you know they, they basically have just enough 65 creed that that's their biggest seller but from 9 mm to 22 guys are eating up the 22 there's all kinds of 22 ammo from the semi-auto to the subsonic to the long range all that stuff all discounted for sniper's hide members right now so if you're a sniper's hide member you can go over follow the link the prices are already there you don't have to use codes you don't have to do nothing go on prime's website take advantage while you can once it's gone it's done uh, uh, this is like i said this is moving sale once it's gone, it's gone. So if you want to get in on forty-four dollars a box for Prime three-hundred grain three-thirty-eight ammo, now's your time, and um, you know get get in on it. And, and so uh, take a look at that. It's in the equipment right at the top, um, or you could just go straight up to Primeammo.com and and pick it up. But it's it's going fast the, the the hyde members are stepping up and buying it like crazy like I said in the first four hours he had something like 40 uh 40 orders that to- totaled I can't speak today son nuked me um 40 orders that totaled about 150 cases of ammo you know with 22 .223, millimeter all that stuff you know whatever it's all available tons of if you want good prices on 55 uh, 55 grain 55 five yeah 55 grain uh, five five six uh they got they're blowing that stuff out everybody wants the 77 grain but they also have 55 grain so if you want plinking ammo now's the time to pick up prime plinking ammo but uh good stuff's coming out of prime and, and i'm looking forward to those changes i also want to address one other thing um you know the training versus competition thing i'm not anti-competition uh, I, I, maybe you could tell I went, you know, up to the Gunworks one. I'm going to the Guardian. I'm all set. I got everything booked. I, luckily, I talked to John McQuay, eight five four one Tactical, and I'm like, "Hey, man, I'm going in here. Do you know if they have this and that?" I'm trying to figure out my flight. I didn't even realize, to be honest with you, that the Guardian Long Range match was a one day match, which actually is better. I mean, it's like perfect. Thank you. I'm, I'm digging on that. But um, so I'm getting my booking my flights the other day, and I'm getting all that ready. And you know, going to stay in um, Athens, Alabama, there at the uh, Holiday Inn or something like that. And and so I was pinging John McQuay and like, hey, where do you guys stay, and how do they do this? Because he shot the Guardians, I never have. And uh, so he's like, yeah, we're staying. I'm like, oh, good. That's just a hotel I was looking at because I was looking at like sort of hotels and mileage and getting my airfare and all that. I, I get it, man. It's not cheap to go to these matches and travel around. I'm going to a one day. It, it, it's about, you know, even just a one day, which becomes, you know, more than one day in the hotel and flight. It, it's about 350 bucks for your hotel for the one-day match. You know, for me, I can get the flight a little cheap if I want. I could have got it for 55 bucks if I wanted to using miles. You know what I mean? But I'm going to sit up front like I know you usually do and, and all that. So it's costing me a, a bit over $500 for for that. But, you know, so you're looking at a $1,000 bill just to shoot this one-day match in Tennessee for me. That's expensive, man. You know what I mean? So I get that. But matches are a good way to validate your training. They're a good way to go throw yourself in the deep end. Now, you have to be realistic about it. You have to understand the, um, you know, the, the, what's going on as far as learning-wise. You know what I mean? Your first match on a a large scale, your first big national match or big two-day match or whatever, and I'm not talking local club stuff, I'm talking the bigger matches, like the Gunworks one. You you have to be realistic and then you have to take things away. Use it as a class. Now I recommend a class first for those fundamentals and a foundation, then doing the, the competitions as training. And competitions are an individual thing. While while I'm I might not be pro one series versus another and and it's funny, I just recommended somebody go to another series. They're asking me, they're like they called me the other day they're like, Hey ma'am, I'm not too thrilled. What do you think about this? I'm like, I'd do it. So they're they're jumping ship next year. Yeah, but anyway, the that's that's a whole nother thing. But the matches are an individual thing. The individual matches are really a reflection on that club, that group, whoever's putting it on. And just historically, I'm gonna just default back to rifles only. You know what I mean? If they put on the brawl, that's the way they do. You know, that's their thing. Is there some? I mean, you know, rifles only is a good match to go to. It's 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 got a. It it's not overstocked with people. It's got a good mix of some positional, some stuff. It's easy. It's hard. It, it does both. You know what I mean? K&M, the grind and stuff. While they're bigger matches and they, they cram a lot of people in, it's a good learning experience, but you have to be practical with it. You know, I like the core guys. I like all the matches they put on at core. Now there's some discussions about some of these matches that, you know, targets don't change ranges don't change and the more time you shoot it but that might not be a bad thing for people. It goes back to the ASC years. Um ASC never used to really change when we used to do that shooting it from 2000 I shot it from 2001 to 2007, the Allegheny Sniper Challenge in West Virginia. We all used to go as a big group. You'd have all the information from the prior years. If you keep a book, if you keep a data book, match book, you know, uh, shooters Bible. However you want to look at it, you can go to say a core match or K and M match or a rifles only match and shoot it and record it and learn what's going on and, and take it as a training or validating your training and seeing where you stand. And then you can go back and do it again and check out improvements and see what's going on. There are ways that it can help you that it doesn't changes. Although. I do also think, as the match director side, you guys need to get a little more creative. There's there's some funny guys who are PRS guys and card carrying dudes who talk about it on the hide, and there's conversation going on in the Everyday Sniper podcast section, where it's like, you know, they've reduced it to a wall. Let's build a wall. Now let's build a barricade, which is a wall. Now let's build another wall. Now let's build a fence, which is like a wall, but with tube instead of this. Oh, we'll do a field course. Well, we'll build a log wall. You know, and you guys need to kind of get something and change some things up and get a little bit more creative. I think you're getting a little stale. At least that's the feedback I'm getting. But, um, you know, I like the way Phil and, and Kalen did it with the mix, with a KD, PRS side, and a field match hunting and they had a practical application for everything they did especially when you look at the hunting side of things because we want to be well-rounded shooters and that's the part of the training that I always talk about is build a good foundation get your fundamentals down be a well-rounded shooter and then move up validate your training through competition and and you know there there's some matches that are better than others in that way there are some where you know, it's kind of like, well, why did that guy run away with it when most matches are only like, you know, five to ten points separate the top? Now you got one where it's like, you know, 50 points separate. Something's going on. That's not, you know, that kind of thing. But no, go to these places and look at some of these matches. And right now matches aren't selling out. So you can get into them as far as, you know, find the ones that are a little low on the, on the, on the uh, you know, shooter count. Like, I think the 65 it, it, you know, I, I, I chased the big number. I went all the way up to 236 with that sniper's side Cup. It worked to a degree. it didn't work to another degree. But as far as the, the match itself, it ran to the minute. And you know, but we had two, like 3,000 acre parcels we had it spread out against. So we had, you know, 6,000 acres of 25 stages. We were able to spread people out. We had enough ROs. We had the whole thing. Now weather involved and help involved and different things happen at the end with the prize table stuff, but that's a whole separate bullshit. But match-wise, it ran really well down to the minute. But some venues can't quite suffer as many people, I don't think. And I think sometimes smaller numbers are a better way of not only meeting people, talking to people, and learning – so I'll recommend you go out as part of your training and find these smaller even if it's a national level match to dip your toe in get it wet and understand you're gonna need a minimum of three to really kind of get your footing and that's three with some effort involved you know what I mean so if if you're out there and and you're doing and, and you're you're practicing your training you're learning and and if you want to put it into play hit a match that's your that's your validation for what work you put in but take notes write down get the book and then when you're done go back and get a score go back and practice if you can recreate the stages and the different things and 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 i'll say you know if if i come off on on a negative side which i don't know it's to me we're we're talking to this 87 episodes here We talk about shooting the Pawnee match a bunch in the early episodes. Talked about the Colville match and shooting that. Talking about Gunworks and shooting that. Talking about Gary Larson's Guardian Long Range and shooting that. So kind of getting the vibe that I'm anti eh, doesn't, doesn't line up. I might be anti on one end, but I've made that clear, I hope. But I'm not anti in the value of it, which to me is the disappointment part of the legacy you know it's like well military guys are doing it now yeah where did they start off coming to that was rifles only you know we used to give them free slots they used to come for training and we tell them to stick around shoot the match you got it for free we let all those guys in for nothing it's it's we did all of that you know what i mean we we been there done that got the t-shirts a lot of them you know what i mean so yeah, I'm on. I'm I'm tracking with what they're saying, so it, it's it's not that standpoint. Is there a bias? And is there a, a bit of like, hey man, not a fan? Yeah, straight up. But like I said, it's not like I didn't try to reach out. But anyway, so um, so tomorrow starts class, and and goes to Sunday. Then I got a, a, a little uh, hook up with somebody that um coming out to shoot on Monday. Bunch of calls and stuff. Got a lot going on, man. My phone is blowing up, and 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 you know, it's a bit of the podcast. It's a bit of the hide being busy like it is, which is good because that's signing up advertisers always helps. That's what gets me to the matches and why I don't go to the prize tables and stuff because, you know, that that comes from from other places. But uh, yeah, it's 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 just crazy. Uh, switched out a a trigger, put a, a trigger tech into that um that little. 18 inch, six, five Creedmoor yesterday. So I got that all set up and, um, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's definitely going to be good. Shoot that a little bit. When one of the guys wants to shoot the left hand gain twist. So I'm going to bring my Tika with the left hand gain twist to the, to the, uh, training. Uh, he asked me guys in, in my classes and stuff like that. If it's like, Hey, bring this. Hey, bring that. Hey, can I try this? Yeah. You just let me know. You let me know, and 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 I and I'll be there with it. You can use it. You can try it. You can shoot it. Put hands on. And that's one of the benefits for for training. You, you you not only get some some good fundamentals, you get the good education, you get to shoot out to distance and do what you want. Meet some like-minded people. Mark had has a has a um has a really good opening line in the Alaska Precision Rifle um classes, and I'm not going to do it justice, but it's it's it, Boils down to the, you know, we already know you're passionate about it because you're paying your own money to come do it. You know what I mean? You're, 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 you're paying to come to training. And there's a, and, and, and that's not the right word. And I'm probably going to kill that word now that I'm using it the way I am. But um, it, it's, you're, 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 it's beyond an idle interest. When you take that step, whether it's walking through the door of a training class or going out to a competition, and, and you take that step. And if you follow a a, a a specific kind of, you know, get your equipment, get find out, do your research, and then go to your class and then go to training to validate. If you do these things, it shows a, a level of interest that A local, casual, hey, I'll go see what it's about. But I mean, I don't really see as many casual people. You know, like Alaska gets a lot of the hunter class, which is great. But down here, people have a pretty hardcore interest in in what they're doing. They're they're investing the money, especially the mile high people, you know, because there are a lot of AIs in the class, a lot of high-end equipment. And and that's an expense in itself. If you're spending the money on high-end equipment, get training behind it. It's worth, if you spent $10,000 on an Accuracy International rig, spending $1,000 to take a three day class is like the the bare minimum you should be doing, especially if it's one of your first uh, rifles. You know what I mean? If you're new to this. So seek that stuff out. Um, Like I said, there's a really a lot of good discussion going on in the Hyde right now about training, about competitions. We have a very robust competition. Section that tells you where matches are. You can list your matches. We don't. We don't charge anybody to post training or to post competitions on the site. Uh, one, I look at it that I host matches and I host training. I can. I can stick my hand out and say, no, "Oh, you want to post about that? Oh, you're a business. You got to pay me. Oh, Up, you, you're going to do your advertise your match. Up, oh, you got to pay me. I don't do that. I figure." Because we're in a bit of a competition that way, you can post any of your matches, whether it be local, there's a local match section, a national, PRS, whatever the case may be, although I'm probably going to modify how that's written right now. But um, anyway, it, it, you could post your classes or your competitions for nothing, is is really what I'm trying to say. And that, that works out um, for everybody, because it lets them know where they can go find them, and... It helps them kind of boil through well what's the pro and con of this one versus that one? And they can see what you've done and, and all that and, and it and it helps uh for people to educate. But um yeah, just a bit of house cleaning one. I wanted to get a cast out for you guys to listen to. Uh like I said, it's it's there's there's a ton and ton of um uh you know, things that are happening and and it's just been super busy. So um you know, with the phone calls and all that, but I, I, like I said, I tried to balance the the not singling anybody or making somebody stand out as being pro negative this or that, and and so I just want to make sure I cleared that air up because it it, it 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 you know, granted, if somebody wants to spin what I say, they're going to spin. There, there's no way around that. You know what I mean? Uh, if, if, if there's there's a certain element that wants to promote drama and to Spin me in a negative light. That uh, you know, like I said, the under the bus comment was one, and I didn't see it as I threw anybody under the bus. But I, I get it because there was more to the conversation than that one line, and me repeating just that one line doesn't doesn't do it the, the justice it deserves. So, cool guys. All right, I'm gonna get ready to go. I got I got a I got a thing tonight before I leave. But everything's out there ready to go. See you guys at class. Um, we're, we're ready to rock, uh, in, like I said, target packages up and going tons of steel, man, both, man, we, we, we always talk about our Alaska targets. I got friggin' so much every hundred yards to a mile. Some, some yard lines got four plus targets on them. You know, we, we got a good variety of targets and I really digging on these chewing bars now. So when we dope everybody out, you'll know if your elevation is money and then people are going to get hands-on with the wind stuff we're talking about we're getting so much positive feedback from our wind discussions i mean wind is the great equalizer you know and, and if we can make it just a little easier for you if we can make it where you know it's just a little simpler to get that hit that you're looking for first round without having to, to believe the bullet and adjust hey man that's what we're that's what we're after we're, we're trying to help in 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 promote this stuff so all right guys Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for following the Everyday Sniper. Uh, Thanks for calling Mike and asking him to explain his win side of things, even the guys overseas. I think that's awesome. And, and, um, you know, doing your stuff with the mile highs. And we'll we'll talk to you guys uh, over the weekend during the class and get some students to drop some nuggets for you. All righty. Cheers.